I believe every one of us can create beautiful images, feel fulfilled and improve our well-being through photography. The Quiet Landscapes podcast explores the life and work of photographers, creatives and thought leaders through monthly conversations that will inspire you. My name is Margaret Soraya and I'm delighted that you are listening. So it's really nice to just have a chat about imposter syndrome. I think, KJ, that imposter syndrome, the words imposter syndrome, everywhere I turn at the moment, they seem to be there. And there's a lot of people talking about it. And I don't know whether that's maybe because we're in the creative industry, um, because there seems to be a lot of artists that suffer um, with this imposter syndrome. I I just wanted to have a conversation with you, KJ, because I don't, I, I have thoughts on the subject, but I think it's really nice to to be talking about it and to to making it making it seem normal for people. I, you know, I just recently, just last weekend, in fact, uh, participated in um, a therapy training. It was a three day intensive, and we had an opportunity to have lectures and then move into. Um, a practicum space where we could practice our skills on one another. And we were all licensed therapists, but we all found ourselves nervous and tongue-tied, right, about practicing even on each other. And so, again, I feel like there might be that that awareness, this, uh, this possibility of an evaluation attached to it, the oh my goodness there's another therapist or there's a a licensed professional this is what they do for a living they're going to be evaluating how i do um i see it across all of the elements but then one could also argue that that therapy there is an art there is an art to that as well with communication and and uh um conversation and yeah yeah I guess I guess what you're saying there is that uh, a little bit is is it's subjective, isn't it? Art subjective. There's no way. There's there's actually no uh, good or bad art, isn't there? It's, it's always it's open to being critiqued. Something that I I really dislike the word critique intensely, <laughs> but we'll move on from that. Um, but it takes I think think it takes um, a lot of courage to create art because art comes from your heart, doesn't it? It's it's it's, it's it's part of you and to put that out into the world and to show people there's a lot of courage to to do that isn't there so it would become natural for you to feel more vulnerable at, at sharing this um and i suppose then that leads to that feeling or oh, the feelings are oh, is it good enough am i good enough am i an artist um, mm. Maybe that's part of it. I feel that 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 is a big part of it. I love that you had said vulnerability. There's almost a feeling of exposure, a rawness, and almost there's the idea that if we if we show up and if we open ourselves up, that we're actually requesting or asking to receive, whether it's critique or evaluation. And so perhaps people are feeling like they don't want to ask for it. <laughs> they don't want to put themselves in a position where where they'll either be targeted. Unfortunately, I hate that word as well, but it's true. You, you know, bringing attention to themselves or actually requesting feedback. Maybe with artists, I'm thinking about actors and performers and visual artists such as yourself. Maybe that's again tied into the idea that if we put something forward we're inviting people to look at it, to examine. 
It is such an intriguing topic. It is indeed. When we were going to talk about this, I looked on the internet to find a description to, to what it actually is. And I, f- I found this, I'll read it. A false and sometimes crippling belief that one's successes are the product of luck or fraud rather than skill. Mm. A pervasive feeling of self-doubt, insecurity or fraudulence, despite often overwhelming evidence to the contrary. That's great. That's a succinct yeah. definition. And I just hear it. I hear it around me a lot. I don't know. It just it just keeps coming up around me. I wonder if it's because it's been um, given a name. <laughs> so I wonder if, you know how uh, maybe a hundred years ago, you wonder if people were, were feeling this, but it didn't have a name or we weren't quite um, talking about these things as much. So they were still feeling them back then or it's just risen in, in prevalence at the moment in this day and age because of things like social mm. media, I suppose, um, which yes. is, yes, oh, it's just one of those things that, that really doesn't help people when they're feeling slightly. Doesn't help. No, I just wrote down the word comparison because of that. Right. So like you said, maybe a hundred years ago, when everyone was in their own enclave or in their own space, producing what they produced, there wasn't really a place to compare or measure up. Um, Although, if we think about comparison, and you and I have spoken about this a number of times, we do listen to um, influential forces around us from the beginning. And that could simply be the culture or the environment that we're born into. It could be conversations um, and judgments and evaluations made by our family members, parents and teachers and peers. So I think there's something to be said. You, I feel like you just hit it where if there wasn't anything to compare it to, or if there wasn't an audience of some sort, even if it was just a person of one, maybe we wouldn't question it. Yes, I think so. I think you're right. And and um, I suppose when we touched on that social media a little bit more in depth, I think um, that that has maybe caused a lot of problems <laughs> to rise up. Um, because sometimes um, we just we start to look at social media and we we feel like we're behind or we can't ever possibly reach the you know the the skills of the I'm just talking about photography and art that other people's levels and they these people's lives sometimes seem perfect and that the, the work looks amazing but actually you know it's it's not like that the reality is not like that but when you're confronted with that every day in a constant stream of mm. everybody doing things and living this this amazing life um, if you're not completely solid in yourself and who is, right? then it's going to affect you. So talking of that, there's some days in my life, I'm, I'm quite solid a person in terms of not feeling like an imposter as much as I used mm-hmm. to at the moment. But some days when I have a dip in my, um, I don't know how to say it, in my Mental strength, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, it's a resilience. Yes, yes, yes. So some days, you know, you you're tired. I'm tired, and I'm, it's, I'm a little bit vulnerable and a little bit low. Um, I know the worst thing I can do is go on social media and scroll through because um, I'll be sitting there thinking, well, oh, I've just been, I've been in all day, and I've been tired, and I haven't been doing all this. I should be doing these lives. I should be doing all these things. Um, I start to think like that. So. 
then the imposter syndrome, I suppose, rises up from that. Does that make sense? It makes total and complete sense. It it occurred to me while you were speaking, I wanted to ask you, and just out of curiosity, because I think this is a big piece of it, when you know you're tired and feeling not as mentally strong, do you also know in that moment that it's not the right time to flip open your phone and check in on Instagram? Absolutely. Yeah, yes. you'll know? Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. yeah, I, I'm very, very aware of that. And actually, um, I know that if I'm feeling like that, I'm, I'm, I'm very tuned into that. Um, I will sometimes just go into airplane mode or, um, you know, just, just shut down completely because I know that it's not going to help. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think that's the pivot point right there. Because I think sometimes folks feel they might, I don't know, there might be a solution to their feelings of, of being low and uninspired. So they will turn on their phone or they will turn to social media to be like, let me get some inspiration. And then in the end, unfortunately, it might actually send them in the wrong direction. Um, but so is the key to know what your cues are and is the key to know when to go into airplane mode versus when it's okay? I I don't know what happens when someone isn't that self-aware. It's just those words. That's what I was just going to say. Self-awareness. Self-awareness is, is I think this is the key to a lot of things, to, to a lot of things in oh life. To be honest with you, do you, do you yes. agree with that? Yeah, I do one hundred percent. And and then I go into the questions of like, okay, and we've we've kind of unpacked this in the past, and I think we'll probably have conversations until the end of time about this. If I'm feeling aware enough to know that I'm having a reaction or that my energy is not quite at the place it needs to be before I click into my Instagram account or my Facebook account. Um, do I have the wherewithal and the presence to say, I'm curious, where does this impulse or where does this this need of mine come from uh, to, to know more or to dive into the discomfort? Um, and let me even walk that back a second, where would I be able to ask myself, huh, where did that thought come from? Why do I think that I'm an imposter? I earlier today was feeling great. What changed that? So a willingness and a curiosity to go a little bit deeper or, or lean into the discomfort that's another point too, because if I don't have the energy to be be uncomfortable, if I don't have the energy to see what I might see, I might cocoon, I might hide away a little bit. I think you've just really hit the nail on the head there with with that. I think that the the this we'll be talking about um, we're talking about imposter syndrome, but then you're you're then taking that further a little bit and saying, well, how do we move forwards? And we can't you can't just get over imposter syndrome it's not something that you just go oh well that's I'm, I'm, I'm not an imposter anymore <laughs> but you can you can begin <laughs> oh. a process of digging that little bit deeper and probably I mean, you'll know more about this than me but I think that once you start to bring those questions to the forefront of your mind you, you start to uh, rationalize it make it normal and then understand it and that's when we're starting to make headway um, away from the imposter syndrome which stops us um you see so many people being stopped from doing amazing things don't you so it, it's it's something that we need to be working on so whilst we can talk about imposter syndrome and and 
um, how it affects so many people. I think it's really important to be talking about how to to move forwards, and I don't mean move on from it because. Quite frankly, I don't know about you, KJ. We'll come, well, I'll ask you this question. Um, I still feel like an imposter. Um, and I don't think that there's anybody, um, who's in business or is an artist that doesn't feel like that at any point, at some point in their day, week, month or year. Um, so it's not that, um, it doesn't stop me taking action. So I'll do it regardless. And that's where the, that's where I really think we're moving, um, beyond feeling like an imposter. And it's been you starting to run workshops, starting to run businesses. I honestly believe that you just need to do it, even though you're scared. And that's how you begin to, um, overcome this and to gain confidence from, from the doing. Yes. Because you can look back and see progress or movement. We'll just say movement because progress even has an evaluative um, quality around it. Movement is different than being stuck or frozen. And I think to your point, you had mentioned that folks may not, they may freeze. They may not instead do, do this amazing, important work because, um, because they do believe that any action I don't know, might upset, upset the balance, or it might invite, again, criticism. But if you just move from being stuck, if you take an action, that in and of itself is, I just said I didn't want to use the word progress, but, but that shows that there is an unsticking, that there is movement. And I really love that you said it's not about moving forward necessarily. So that's where I can maybe track it back to progress, but it's moving through it. It's the movement itself is actually the catalyst. Um, having seen that you can unstick, that you can move. Uh, one might even argue that a step, say, backwards or a step back to the beginning could be seen as um, not progress. But in, in in my thoughts, I feel like that that is still progress. That's still movement. You have new information to work with now. You and I have worked with uh, a mentor and a coach in which that was her, that was her philosophy as well, Kathy. She would say, take the action, take the action even though you're scared. Um, the action actually will be the answer to any sort of maybe depression or concern. Um, and I, I tend to believe that as well. But then there's like the little nuances around it. Uh, you and I've sort of touched on it. I'm sure it's going to be a juicy conversation that will continue in time. But, but what happens when maybe the resources aren't similarly available to folks, uh, or, how about folks who don't have a capacity to take big leaps or pull themselves up um, when action really does feel like it's nearly impossible? I just, I wonder if that's a reframe. I wonder if that's, oh gosh, there's there's a lot there. I, I understand what you're saying because it can be a little bit harsh, can't it, to say, okay, you're feeling like an imposter, 
you have to just crack on and get through this and take an action, mm-hmm. which is, it's harsh. It's probably true, but not everybody, as you're saying, not everybody has the capacity to do that. I, I tend to be able to do that and just you know, go, okay, um, you know, in this past year, I've, I've even started a podcast thinking, you know, who am I? I can't talk. Who's going to listen to me? <laughs> who's going to listen to me? You know, who's going to And wa- that just blows my mind. Yeah, I know. It just blows my mind that you just said that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I do. That's, that's how I've, I've felt when I said, you know, well, well, we'll just do it anyway and we'll see whether we gain the confidence along the road. Um, and I've gained the confidence along the road of doing it. And I've, now I, I, now I listen to the back. Actually, that's, that's quite good, you know, so that, um, I don't have that imposter syndrome around podcasting. Um, even when I was starting my, my workshop business, you know, I've never taught before. How, who, you know, nobody knows me. Um, but then I was like, well, I've got to do this at some point. Otherwise I'm, I'll, I'll forever regret not having tried. And even if it fails, it doesn't matter. Actually, that's the point, isn't it? That, that fear of, it's a fear of failure, isn't it? Um, and I think mm-hmm. that as I've grown in, in years, I suppose, um, I've, I really understand that failure is actually one of the things that, that really moves you along. Um, and not being scared of it, it, it I'm no longer scared of it. It's, you know what, we fail, we fail, we just do something different. Um, but I think maybe this is, it's tied up with imposter syndrome a little bit and that we're, we're scared of failure. Just what do you think mm-hmm. to that? You said it beautifully, Margaret. I don't know that I could I could um, emphasize any more. I I one hundred percent agree. I I wouldn't say that I. How do I say this? I was almost going to say I look forward to failure, and I don't know that that's <laughs> that might be a little dramatic, but I do appreciate. I really appreciate what I've learned when something doesn't go the way that I had planned. Um, uh, just like a slight example, I I do, I'm venturing into the workshop world the way that 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 you are, and so I I hold free workshops, and then I offer uh, layers of if you would like to work with me, and you can take this step, or if you would like to buy a bundle of the materials and the work, so just little steps up in which that I request a little bit of um, a little uh, a fee for that. And so that's another thing, money. <laughs> it is. <laughs> money is something else. Who am I to charge people for this? Um, that sort of question comes up. But um, the first time I ever did a, a workshop, I got nobody. Nobody will be people attended, maybe because it was free. Not sure. Um, I think people really did want to know what was going on, but nobody wanted to take the next step. And so then I was just like, okay, I, I wasn't defeated by that. It really helped me understand how I could better present the materials or, or, and then I send out questions later. I'm just like, what would, what would be helpful for you in these moments? Right. So it's just, it's feedback. It's more information. And so you and I have come to this conclusion that failure could actually be a really positive yeah. thing, but not everybody, yeah. not everybody has that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'm going back to, I went off topic a bit earlier there, but we're saying that some people no. are maybe a little bit more fragile and maybe need a smaller, maybe smaller steps. But I think probably the first step is to bring this conversation out into the, the open a little bit, and uh, which is what we're doing, <laughs> hopefully helping people a little bit by saying there is this thing called imposter syndrome. 
Um, you're probably feeling it if you're feeling this about your work and you're, you know, struggling to say, um, oh, this is my work. I love my work. It's brilliant. I wish more people did that, by the way. I love it when people, how, how often do you, in my world, I don't often hear people say, look at my image. I really like my image. It doesn't matter if anybody else doesn't, you know, um, I would love to hear more people say that. But anyway, um, going back to the point uh, of, um, you know, the people that are slightly more um, fragile and bringing, bringing this conversation into the open and, and admitting that, I suppose, to yourself is the first step. The first step is admitting that actually I'm not make, taking these actions because I don't feel like I'm worth it. I'm good mm. enough yet. And I think that once you start to say those things to yourself, it, it opens up your awareness self-awareness doesn't it and then the next thing the next thing next step would be um i suppose separating um the feelings that you're having from the facts in front of you so um you Mm. could then start maybe doing on a daily basis or weekly basis Uh, it's just an idea well what are the facts to say um that i am an imposter and what are the facts to say that actually you're you're a pretty good artist yes 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 what proof is there what evidence is there to say otherwise? Um, you could even tack that on to both questions. What proof is there that says I am bad or an imposter, yeah. like you had said? But then on the there there there's an equality. What proof is there to say that I'm actually not bad? I'm rather good or fair. Um, anything that might indicate that it's not as bad as we think. And when you start asking yourselves those questions and moving through that, um, as you had said, sort of, sort of examining whether or not this is prickly stuff, whether or not there's a worthiness component involved, or whether or not I'm good, defining good, of course, good enough. Um, and then th- noticing that there is a difference between emotions and feelings about it versus facts, versus what is actually true. <laughs> There needs to be some equal opportunity assessment, I think, there. Then that once you start to do this this process, then the next step is to reframe that in your mind constantly, like all the time. And, you know, noticing how we talk to ourselves is, is it's huge, isn't it? There's so many, you know, if you spoke to yourself, um, if you said something like, oh, I don't know why I'm even here, I'm such a, a rubbished painter, and if you thought of yourself saying that to your best friend, would you ever speak those words to your best friend? Yes. <laughs> you just wouldn't. Yes. But we do this, don't we? We speak to ourselves in ways that we really shouldn't. But every time you catch yourself doing that, to stop that and to, to reframe it. And I think it's really important to c- continually check how we talk to ourselves because I think that is uh, huge. I think it is. That is ginormous. That is especially important. Now, as we're trying to navigate what it's like to show up in this world, as we're moving through a health crisis, there's been isolation, there's been really scary, scary, um, big issues on the table right now. And if we on top of it are speaking rather rudely to ourselves about how we're handling it, there's how are we supposed to have relationships and connectivity with others? Um, I really love how you how you said, listen to yourself for a moment. Is this the advice and is this the tone that you would use when speaking with a friend? 
I'm going to even add another layer there. Is this how you would speak to a child? You know, a child is someone like we are oftentimes just trying to discover and see where our feet can be placed in this world, right? And so we don't expect them to have an expertise as they're learning, right? Why can't we have the same sort of respect and grace for ourselves of we're learning? This is a, a fluid process. I, okay, so I fell down or I tripped up a little bit. I don't think we would yell at a child that we just saw fall down for a moment as they're learning how to walk, right? So if we could, if we could look at ourselves in that way, in that fragile, um, impressionable way, like a child, perhaps that would soften the way that we speak to ourselves. Yeah, so just being more gentle with ourselves. And, and so I suppose the things that we've touched on today are um, people shouldn't feel um, like it's abnormal to, to suffer from mm-hmm. imposter syndrome because it's perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. Um, to speak to yourself more kindly um, but also, I would like to um, just share a quote finally as well from Georgia O'Keefe that I found. And um, she said, I've been absolutely terrified every moment of my life and I've never let it keep me from doing a single thing I wanted to. Ooh. So there we are. So I, I am I'm are. with Georgia O'Keefe on that because I've actually been terrified a lot in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and we just you just need to keep keep moving forwards um you know imposter syndrome is there it's very real it would be really nice to to reach out to everybody and and just you know just send them lots of love if they're feeling this uh, but also a bit of encouragement to keep moving forwards i love that and i really love that it's it's georgia o'keefe who is so, issuing yeah. this gentle reminder yeah. that yes Yes, I feel it and I'm moving forward anyway. Yeah. So thank you, KJ. That was another lovely conversation. I think we we need to do more. If anybody I want to do more. Yeah. All the time. (laughs) Thank you. To be continued. (laughs) To be continued. I would love that. Thank you so much for um, having having the space for us to talk some more. Perfect. Lovely to see you again. Bye then. You as well. Thanks for listening today. I'm truly grateful for you taking the time out to listen in. If you feel inspired in any way, I'd really appreciate it if you could share or review the show. You can also share it on Instagram and tag me or reach out with any thoughts. I'm at Margaret Soraya and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.